On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to speak with Paul Kinkowski on how to build amazing processes and procedures so you can build your company and keep it as stress-free as possible. That's next. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to this episode of Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, and I'm here with Paul Kinkowski. Um, he is the owner and CEO of House Match in California, and we're actually at the uh, Property Management Mastermind Conference here in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. And um, we're going to talk about creating amazing processes that will drive profitability for your property management company. Just a reminder, uh, Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. Anaquim helps property management companies become more profitable through virtual assistance, back office support, and 24-hour call center for rent manager clients. If you are a fan of the show, please like and subscribe. Tell all your friends. And we have a good, a wonderful book giveaway um, that we will announce at the end of the show for the most insightful comment on either Instagram or in YouTube on YouTube. So with that, I'd like to introduce our amazing guest, Paul Kinkowski. How are you? Great, Gwen. It's so nice to be here. I loved our time that we've been uh, working together for five, six years I now. know. It's, it's been a crazy. long time. I started working with you and you were the person I talked to on the phone <laughs> and you were doing all the back end stuff and it's just been such a great time working with you and seeing everything that's gone on with your company. Oh my gosh. Likewise. Likewise. So I want to kind of, well, first let's talk about House Match and also some of your other ventures and what you're up to. So tell us about your organizations. Well, House Match is property management. And I always say that we're like the Nordstrom's of property management because we give amazing service to all of our owners, our tenants, to everybody. And the reason we can do it is because we have good systems and we have a lot of remote employees. And so our employee to um, doors ratio is very high. Like we have like, you know, I think it's 23 doors per, empl for, per employee, oh. even though they're not employees, but it's because we're doing all these other things that give us extra money. And so our profitability is very high, but it's because I can have amazing, amazing people in Mexico, you know, helping, you know, make my company profitable. Some of the other ventures we're doing is we do a systems conference. Uh, we work with helping companies build systems. And um, just some of my oldest employees in my company are Anaglu employees, and they're still just so amazing. Ah, oh, I love to hear that. Um, so I'm so excited because you and I get to nerd out about processes and procedures, which I know does not excite a lot of people, but <laughs> I know you and I have this in common that we just love them because we know what they can do for our business and for other people's businesses. So my first question is, in as you started in property management, I know it wasn't your first career, how did you become obsessed with processes and procedures? What was the impetus? I had really bad processes and procedures. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really cheap. So I had really bad processes and procedures. And I, there was a guy named Errol, Errol Allen. And, oh, yeah. and he is from Texas, where we are right now. 
And he was, you know, I think it was a couple thousand dollars a day. And I wanted to get him so that he would teach me about process and procedures. So I didn't want to pay his full rate. So I put on Facebook, hey, who wants to go to Vegas and help me split the rate of the speaker? So we had 13 of us go and we split the rate. And he basically came in there and told us, your processes suck. <laughs> so what made them suck, though? How did, could, did you identify that they sucked beforehand? Yes, but I found out why they really sucked afterwards. So, like, I, what made them suck is one thing. First off, we had most of us, I think all of us in the room, our move-in, our move-outs, our leasing, our renewals was all one process. We, like, just, you know, you had a one-process-fits-all. Um, so that, that was, first off, we had to break down our processes so that they were there. The other thing is, is we would have steps that you were supposed to skip for certain people and not skip for other people, but it wasn't written down when you were to skip them. We expected our, our employees just know. Just oh. to magically know what they're supposed to do when there's different things for different plans, different things for other things. So, you know, everything was in my brain and unfortunately my, my employees can't read my thoughts. They can't read my brain. And so at that time I was doing everything way back then. This was like five years ago, four years ago. And so um, I was finding that my remote employees and my employees in the United States were making lots of mistakes. And, oh, they're just not as good. Or, oh, they're not just... And a lot of times we blame our employees. Really made us look in the mirror and say, it's not our employees. It's not our remote team members. This is our fault. Mm -hmm. We're not giving them good direction so they know where to go. Okay, so when the first thing that I think people struggle with when they think about systems is what is a policy, what is a process, and what is a procedure? Can you break that down for us? What is a policy? Policy, I mean... Let's just go with the process. I'm gonna. That's what the big thing I'm really into. Our process is, if a tenant gives notice, how is it from when the tenant gives notice, when the tenant moves out, how is it going to be handled? What is going to happen? Does it happen differently every time? Does it happen the same exact way every time? Are your rules the same? So that's the process is there. A policy is, hey, if they're breaking their lease, they have to fill out this form. If they're not breaking the lease, they have to fill out this form. There's this fine if they're breaking their lease. There's this thing. These are policies that the company has, but we have processes to make sure the policies are followed. Mm, so, okay. so what happened is a lot of times you have bad systems and then things happen where the tenant should be charged. But you charge one tenant and then you don't charge another tenant, then you might not charge another tenant, you might forgive it. Someday that could come into a fair housing oh lawsuit. Oh my God, that sounds into, like a nightmare. Well, yeah. yeah, and it's not like you're doing it on purpose, it's just that you're trying to remember, oh, do I charge this or do I not? And, you're, and your people have to remember that. If you have good processes in place, the process tells you what your policies are. The process says, hey, they, they're breaking their lease, you need to charge a blank fee. They're doing this, they're gonna be this. Oh, they have an illegal dog. Oh, the process is gonna show what's gonna happen. So your, your, own, your employees don't have to guess. And the biggest thing is a lot of times when you should charge owners, if you don't have good processes in place, you'll forget to charge them. And so then all of a sudden- So you're leaving money on the table. Lots of money. You can have a lot more, you get a lot more money when you have things well documented. So, I mean, can you quantify that at all for you or any of the people that you've worked with that like maybe they didn't take on any more properties, but they became more profitable when they became a process-oriented organization? Um, my profit per door has doubled. Doubled? Doubled. 
Yes, and that is a lot of things. Yes, we had some increases. We did things like residence benefits package. We did pet, you know, there's other things that made that. But if you make all those changes that everyone hears at these conferences, but you don't have the process and the policies and the things in place, then it just becomes static and you're not doing it right. So like, there's a lot of things like, you know, part of our residence benefits package is you don't, you don't have to pay a lease renewal fee if you do it within 30 days before your lease renews. We never charged it because, oh, did they send that email? Did they send this? Did they give them the tenant up mm. notification? And the tenant was all ticked off when we would charge it, and then we'd be like, okay, we'll reverse it. Well, now we have eight emails that go out automatically from when they 90 days before the renewal to the 30 days. I have no problem charging a really big fee when they don't um, sign within 30 days. If they sign at day 29, I'm charging them that fee. They had eight things that told them, you have to do this, this, this. And then our things check off automatically. So if they haven't done their interior property assessment, it's going to show not clear. So it shows them everywhere on the step. They don't just have to sign their lease to do a renewal. They have like eight things they have to do. And those emails show them um, everything that they have to do. And they're all automated. So we don't even have to think about it. If they go out, we, we just have to have my remote employee down mm-hmm. in Mexico. She gets them all set up for all renewals 90 days in advance, and then the process starts. And then the process is automated. I make more money, it's less work. Okay, so you're doubling your profit per door? Since we started really cracking down on getting good processes in place, there's been other things, like I said, we did add residence benefits, but yes, we're doubling our profit per door by being, we had things in place, we just didn't charge it. Yes. Okay. So I want to just make this point though, because you had the initial processes and things were humming along, it actually gave you the time to implement the new things that also added revenue to your organization, right? So it's kind of like a cascade effect. Yes. Like once you take that that initial obsession, and it really does have to be an obsession because what you can't just write your processes and then forget about them. You have they're living and breathing, and you work on them and you harp on them, right? Exactly. I, my goal this year is to raise by another 15% our revenue per door, and I have ways that I have to do, but I have to implement those things. But I'm able to get out of day-to-day operations now. I was in day-to-day operations hardcore until I got the process in place. So once I was able to get those processes in place, I'm able to step back because my goal is by the end of this year, my team doesn't need me. That I'm just, you know, that they're like, who are you? Right. You know, my owners, I've gotten to the point where my owners don't know me anymore. I mean, they still, some of them do from the old ones, but I don't deal with my owners. I want to get to the point where I don't deal with my team, where I'm doing a higher level view. I'm looking at the processes. Um, I use Lead Simple, um, and but I can check with a click of a button if anyone's behind on on any of their processes, and it's very easy. I can see, oh my gosh, Linda's behind on nine tasks, Drew's behind on three. It's very easy. I can spend five minutes and know if any of my company's falling behind. So then that also cascades to the people factor. So you don't really struggle with people as much, I'm assuming, because they know exactly what they have to do. They know what the expectation is. And then if there's a problem, you go back to the procedure and say, where did you, where is it unclear? What happened here? And then you hold them accountable, correct? Correct. I mean, now I lay off the majority of people in the first week they work for me. 
I mean, because I, I know that, like, they're either late for work, they don't show up, they don't have the values we have. I mean, they're just, you know, I'm, I'm more laying off because, oh my gosh, we didn't do the right screening, which we're getting better at too, which is really important. We're giving more and more tests, and that's not happening as much now. But if you work for me for a long time and you're making mistakes, then my first thing is, is when an employee's making a mistake is, hey, what did we do wrong in the process? What can we improve this process? Let me sit down with you and see why is this, why are you costing us $300 on this request because this is messed up? And I go through and they're like, oh, it's not the process. Oh, well then what is it? And then the employee's usually like, I didn't follow the steps. I didn't follow the process. I didn't do it. Okay, let's not follow the pro, let's follow the process for the future and please don't do it again. Now they know they're accountable. Now that same employee that does it three or four times, we're gonna let him go. Like we have good process. In the past, I was always like, oh, what did I do wrong? And there is times that we go to the process and we're like, oh my gosh, we have a mistake here. And then we redo the we redo that part of the process because when it costs you money, that's when you always know that there's a mistake in the process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so what I also like about that is people really struggle. And I know you well enough to know that when you have to lay someone off, you like it really hits you personally. Like you really care. I, I do. I mean, you I, you take it really personal. I. I especially if they work for a while. In the first week, I don't. <laughs> but once I get to know them, I, I do. I, I love my remote employees and my um, local employees. I, they are, it's very important. You know, we're creating jobs. We're creating people to, there. I mean, I, I mean, my, my employees in Mexico are just some of the most amazing people that you'll meet. On this planet. Yeah, I know, they are. They? they are just so awesome. And so it just brings me joy to like see that, oh my gosh, they're sending their kid to a private school now because this is happening. Or, yeah. you know, they're, they got to upgrade their house. I mean, you know, I always say that to people say, oh, you know, this, that, but they're, they're owning houses at the, at the wages we're giving. They're, they're able to really do a lot and they are happy and they want to work for you and they want yes. to give you their all. And like, so I want to give them my all by making sure that I give them a good work environment. Absolutely. So you, you have clear processes and then if someone can't follow them and they, they confirm that they understand it, they've been trained, instead of you firing them, it's like they're firing themselves. Exactly. Because it's like there is nothing unclear here. The KPIs are clear. The outcome that we're looking for is clear. The how is clear. And so what I love about having good processes is that we don't go through that internal angst of whether... You know, should I fire them? Was I good enough for them? Did I tell them what to do enough? Or was I clear enough with what the role is, what they should do? It just tells its own story and it's unemotional and it's done or not done. Well, and you know, the, every once in a while it's just changing the seat in the bus. Like there mm -hmm. was one employee that we had for you where uh, maintenance wasn't as good thing, but then he went to answering the phones and was very successful. So it's also finding where is that seat in the bus for them. And sometimes when you first start and you're and you're smaller, you only have two seats on the bus, mm -hmm. and so you're trying to put people. A lot of times, the good thing is is to find where their strengths are and get them in the right seat, get them with the right tasks. I mean, because if you give them the wrong things for them, then they're going to fail. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to get into the weeds because people okay. really struggle with processes and procedures. So what are the softwares that you think are the best for this? Like when people come to your systems conference, what would you recommend? Lead Simple. I love Lead Simple. This so is Lead Simple, I, I didn't know it was like a procedural software, is so it? So Lead Simple is hilarious. Okay, so I started my systems workshop 
four years ago, and Lead Simple started sponsoring it, and they started going there. Well, they went there because they just sat there and they watched what we liked, what we didn't like in the property industry, and they took notes and they did all this stuff. But they were creating their own system. They were creating their own system software, and the reason I love it is because it integrates with that folio. Nothing integrates with that folio. Nothing. Nothing. But they figured a way to take like. It doesn't integrate like immediately. It's not like full integration, like it's part of that folio. But like all my owners, all my tenants, all my vendors, all that stuff gets uploaded into Lead Simple, and so it can all be part of it. And so we get all this data. And um, Jordan and his team are just phenomenal. Like everything they're doing, because they're focused on one industry, one industry only, and that's property management. So there's other good softwares out there, but they're focused on every industry in the yes. world. And that's why I really love, like, you know, Podio, I think is another one, but I've heard people spend $50,000, $100,000 implementing it. Who has that kind of, I mean, I, yes. I, I won't have that kind of money. I, before I used Lead Simple, I used Process Street. Process Street was a good, was a good process, but I, why, the reason I switched was because with Lead Simple, it was focused on our industry. Okay, so when you're organizing them, do you organize it by department, by life cycle of a tenant, of an owner? How do you organize your procedures? How do I, well, so I, they make sense. So, so people can find them. Sorry. <laughs> new owner onboarding, new property onboarding. These are the, those are the main life cycle. So those are, you know, when I look down, then it would be leasing, move in, and then either renew or move out. Like, those are your key processes. Then, you know, you get those done, you get those well. So what, I always tell people when you're starting processes, I started working on my processes many years ago. My renewal process, we finished in February of this year. Before that- Because you're tweaking it and improving no, it? before that, my wife just did it. And it was in her head, and so we made no money on it because she didn't, she did it her way, we didn't make any of the, the, the tenants didn't get it, she didn't charge them, but she was doing it. And I wasn't gonna like, you know, step on her toes. But there was, the process was just in her head. She'd been doing it since we started the company. And so I wasn't ready to get that process done yet. Now that we have that process, we're making a lot more money on that process. And it's done by a remote team member, which means my wife has more time to do sales, which is her mm. bread and butter. So if I can get her away from doing, um, you know, renewals, someone who does a lot of sales a year, like that was taking away from her sales. So I'm, you know, so that was, so that's a process. Application's a good process. Um, you know, so HOAs, we have a great process for HOAs. The one process that we're working on right now is application. My wife is still doing that. Like I, that'll be the last thing. And then she's out of my company. And she's not out of my company. She's out of, except for sales. Because she's out I, of like the operations. I want her out of operations. I'm, I'm out of a lot of the operations, but so now I'm working on applications and then I will get a, I'm, and then I will have someone in Mexico and we'll be working on that. But that is what we're working on right now. When that's done, then I will start thinking about the next one. So it's just always, you know, there's there's your main processes that are so important. And I always tell people, some people say, hey, I want to get all my processes done in one week. That's not going to happen. Like, get be reasonable. So what is a reasonable time for one of those key procedures for someone to finish? I mean, if someone were going to map this all out and their 2021 goals to get all, all their procedures done, how much time should they focus on it? I think they get all their key ones done in, in, within one year or less. What we're doing right now with 
PM Solutions Pro is we have our process that we're creating and then we, when we sell the process to someone, we're selling it with ours, with David, who's my extraordinaire process guru. Because I don't want to just sell, like people have said, oh, can I just get your process? No, it's not going to do you anything. You're not going to get it right because your company's different. So we're taking it and he starts by working it in your company. Then we look at it, your company goes and you say, oh, we don't want to do that. We want to change this. We want to change this step. Then the thing you have to do is you have to break the process. So you want to spend like a week or two and break it. Because then when you break it, you want to fix it. So we're always trying to break a process. So for me, you know, it might take one to two weeks to get a process done and get it going. But then it's going to take us six to eight weeks of us breaking it. And then we're like, oh my gosh, just totally, we forgot this step in the process. Because, you know, you find out when you forgot something, when something goes wrong. Or when someone's like, oh, this is, the step's on here, we just have to do it manually. No, 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 don't just do it. If it's not there, let's add it. Because when a new employee comes in, they might not know that that step was missing. Right. So. So um, also maintaining procedures is so difficult to maintain them. So talk about your system to so you create them. Then how do you maintain them? Make sure because people will want to tweak it, and they'll be like, "Ah, it's better if we do it this way, or we switch one and you know step one and step two. Do you are you pretty adamant that we keep it the same no. way? No. So what's your change process so they don't get messy? My change process is that the person who's responsible for the process has to be involved in every step of the change. So if, if you know, Jesus is responsible for this process, he's going to be at every meeting on that process's change. You want to have buy-in from the people that are doing it. And there's a lot of people that are like, I'm the owner, hear me roar. Well, that's not going to be good for your company. Your company is sit there and see like, why is this not happening? Now, if he wants to do change the process and I think, no, that's not going to fly with California law or that's not going to be good for my company or that could lead us to, I'd be like, no, we're not going to do that change. But you have to listen out why they want to do the change, why it's going to be effective. Make them part of the change because when you make the person who's doing the process, they're going to own it. And so the big thing about us is always have the key player part of the process in making the process. Okay. And then um, do you review them periodically just to see if they get messy or they just don't get messy because you're so adamant about it? We review them. them every time there's a mess up. If every there's no time me there's a if, mess up. If there's up. no mess up, why review it? Okay. If it's working perfectly fine, you're going to know when your process got a, got a break because something's going to mess up. So would I for fun, just go and try to mess a process up, I might, I might just say, oh, I'm going to do a move in on my own and see, and then I might be like, why is this step here? This isn't efficient. We don't need this step. So I, as an owner, will look at the process every once in a while when I have spare time, just, you know, on a plane or whatever, and look and see where there's, where there's a break, break in the process. But I mean, when a screw up happens, we're always looking at the process because then we're looking at, was the screw up due to the process or was it due to the employees? So you use yours as an accountability loop because I think that's where yeah. people go wrong. They're like, oh, I created them. They're following them. And then when something happens, they don't circle back and do like a root cause analysis of the problem. But when you do that, there are so many ripple effects too. Like, don't you feel as if having these procedures and doing this root cause analysis, identifying the problem, it makes it elevates everything at your organization? It does. And but the thing is, is when there's a problem, you're also saying to the, to the employee, we're going to keep you accountable. And you're also saying to the employee, oh, it wasn't your fault. It's the process's fault. Thank you so much for showing it to me. So my thing is, like, let's say even if the employee's wrong. 
and you have a good employee, they're going to make mistakes. My thing is, at the end of it, when, we, when it's not part of the process, my question to the employee is always, how can I make this process better so this mistake doesn't happen in the future? Because, you know, you're a great employee, Gwen, and I love what you're doing work-wise, but you made this mistake which cost the company $300, and so what could I do better on this process that would make you be a, that would make so we could follow it? And usually the employee, who's a great employee, says, you know what? I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. I screwed up. I'm really sorry. They take ownership. Or, hey, can you do a video to show the steps? Because, you know, I didn't, I was reading this and I got confused. So can you do a video? Yeah, let's do a video. And then you do the video and you say, now are we going to ever have this mistake again? Do you think it's good? And then they say yes and they take ownership. So if it's a bad employee, it's a different story. But as a good employee, you want to validate them. Yeah. So you're calling on the best part of who they are. I mean, like, this this mistake is totally not you. You know, like this isn't your the work that I'm used to from you. Yeah. So let's find out why this happened. Exactly. And I love that management approach too. Instead of um, there, there's some managers where you never feel like you get ahead with them. You never build up goodwill, and they just cut your head off anytime there's a problem. But having processes and holding a, people accountable doesn't mean that people have to act that way. See the, in the and I find the problem is just from talking to lots of property managers and seeing how they deal. Some people think that remote employees are less than the employees that were in their office. And they will talk to them less than they would talk to an employee in their office. And they are they are just the same as the employee in your office. And so, you know, when you invalidate them because they make less money than someone in the U.S., how is that helping your company? Yeah. And you're going to end up losing them. And you're going to have to retrain someone, and that's going to cost you a lot of money. Absolutely. So, you know, we've had these conversations many times before, but some people just need to get someone to run. Like, you might be the owner, but you might not be good at doing employee relations. Yes. You know, you might be better at the back office, being an accountant. Know your strengths. Yes. I mean, I mean have I mis had misinterpretations with employees that later on I was told, hey, they think you're mad at them. I'm like, oh, really? Sorry. I mean, we all have that, but it's just really like, let your let your employees, whether they're remote or they're in the office, know that you care about them unless Absolutely. they're just screw-ups. Totally. Okay. So how detailed to get in the procedure? So I like the, I was just thinking, because my husband and I have this debate on how detailed to get. I like him a little bit more detailed than he likes the procedures. You can't, you can't have too many details. You can't. Like, having more details is good. So, like, I did the peanut butter analysis things. It says, put peanut butter on the bread. And when I was doing it at the national convention I was speaking, I put it on both sides of the bread. If I've never made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how would I know that I'm supposed to put it on one side of the bread? Yeah. How would I know how much to put on? If it says put peanut butter on the bread, I might just put a big clump of peanut butter in the middle of the bread. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't know how to make an anchovy. I've never done it. If I went to a country where everything was anchovies, I wouldn't know how to do an anchovy or how they want it or where the anchovy went. I would just think it was disgusting. So, like, we, we expect that they should just know. But then we don't have good things like, you know, close out the app. Well, if it's important, the app doesn't save unless you close it. Put it in there. Yeah. Oh, you should have just known that it, it didn't save unless you close it. If you don't write that, mm -hmm. like, how long does it take you to write detailed instructions? An extra 10 minutes? And then you can hold them accountable. Exactly. Because otherwise, when it's not written down there, you're like, well, reasonable people could disagree, and they made a mistake. Yeah. And then another mistake, if you don't fix that procedure so it makes more sense, another mistake happens. It costs you another $300, and you're farther away from getting double the revenue per door. Like when I had a person 
text instructions to her remote employees and was upset when they were making mistakes. It's like, I mean, what do you expect? What, what do you expect? If you give, if you give crap and you expect them to be able to weed through it, you, it's just, you can find the diamond in the rough. You can find the diamond in the rough employee, the unicorn, that you can get, no, give them no directions, they'll figure it out and they'll do that. They're called CEOs. <laughs> they, happen to, they, they happen like there's, there's 3% of people or 5%. It's a very small number of people that you can give them no instructions and they will do it. But for employees, you want to hire complicit people that will get the job done, that will do it the same way every time. Because that diamond in the rough that just doesn't need to be told what to do, they're going to be bored if you're telling them, hey, you're doing lease renewals five days a week and you need to get this, this. That employee is not going to be in the right seat of the bus doing that. They're going to need something where they're like innovating or doing, um, mm -hmm. creating your systems or creating your processes. So if you find that diamond, they're amazing. But put them in a job where they're doing something different every day and put them in a job where they're excited. Because if you put them in a job where they're doing the same thing, very monotonous, then that's not going to work for that person. But for the majority of people, that per thing where, they're, where they have their instructions, they do it, they feel accomplished, and they're happy. So since you've been good at processes and procedures, how has it changed your your uh, health? Like, how has it changed your personal life? Well, unfortunately, I just keep starting other companies and doing other <laughs> stuff and speaking out events. So has it made it but way better? It's, it's made it a lot better, but I'm just saying, I mean, I'm one of those people that like, when something gets, I'm one of those people when I, when something gets successful, I go and find another problem to go deal with. So, you know, like. So your stress level is not, no, not I mean, I, I mean, my stress level is, is, is good. The thing I love is that like, I'm at the point where I don't want to deal with property management. Like I love my company. I love being part of it, but I don't want to know when an owner's upset. I don't want to know when a tenant's upset. I don't want to know all those things. If we're going to get sued, then yeah, you got to bring me into the process and stuff like that. But I want to have the employees that can do their job and do it well. And then I want to know on a weekly basis, like what the problems are. And so in the past, every question went to me. Now I'll be gone for a week. I'll be gone for two weeks. And I'll check in a couple times a week, but my team has it. And, and that's a whole awesome. different experience. It is. It's awesome. And it also helps develop the people more because they're more responsible for things. And so it's like you're you're giving them more, um, helping them grow their careers too by not taking all the hard stuff for them because well, yeah, they like, can manage it for you. Like when you've been doing this company for like seven, eight years now? Uh, it's like five years. Five. Okay. Yeah. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like the first person that was you were. You were totally so, like one of my first clients. You have a property management company and you wouldn't even know that you have it because you've been doing this company and you've been doing other things. So you are like that too. Like you're, you're going to find new ventures like when things happen. But Oh my gosh, for sure. So it's yeah. like work is my hobby, which is probably something I need to be introspective about. Yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe some, I, I do find it entertaining, but yeah. yeah. But processes and procedures have been the route for the growth and for the scalability. Because um, I'm like you, everything, everybody knows at our company if something goes wrong and be like, or, or if they come up with something new, it's like, well, did you write it down? Is that gonna, is it in the yeah. procedure? Well, and we've had this conversation. There's people that hire you and they are like, this person doesn't work, this person doesn't work. And finally, you have to say, no one's going to work for you. Right. And they don't have their systems, they don't have their procedures, and they expect this remote employee to magically fix everything for them. And they expect them to be able to read their brain, and then they say, well, that person's just stupid. No, the person's not stupid. 
they can't read your brain. It's very hard. And well, and if you had someone in the U.S. and you were hovering over them and told them everything, it might work. Mm-hmm. But you get your processes in place, and you can have great employees that work at a fraction of the price, but are still living a great life. And you can grow your business, and you can hire more U.S. employees. I'm hiring U.S. employees left and right because I have so many employees in Mexico supporting my U.S. employees. Right. Absolutely. And I think the first role of a manager is to provide clarity. You you can't have any expectations of anybody unless the clarity is provided. The only way to do that is to go through the hard work of creating the processes and procedures. So taking time out of your calendar, maybe two hours a day, and just dedicating it towards getting these written down will have huge impact on your bottom line, your business as a whole, and really put you in a whole different place in three years than you are right now. Yeah. I mean, your business is a completely different beast than it was. It's it's fun. Like, it's fun. Like, again, and I create my own problems by getting into one venture after another, but property management is, is fun. And I like... I'm someone who likes to create things. I, I'm not one of those people that would sit behind a desk and just do things. So, you know, that's why I love having the remote team members and being able to create this. And I love creating, I love, like you do, I love looking at processes and finding why they're broken. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's like, I mean, I used to be a math teacher and it's kind of like a math puzzle. It's kind of like, you know, if I put here, is this going to work and why is it not work? And you just, you're going to have happier, you're going to have happier employees if you get this done. Yeah, I love that you made processes fun. Instead, everybody thinks it's such a chore, but it actually improves like your experience at the business and everyone else's. Yeah. So thank you so much, Paul, for being at the Bootstrapper Show. I so yeah. appreciate it. Can I add one last thing? Absolutely. Okay. So we never talked about this. So we have the PM Systems Conference. Yes. So um, I want to let you all know that we only allow seventy-five property managers at this. It's in Las Vegas. It's in August. Um, what are the dates? I don't have my card. Okay. I can my card. I can <laughs> oh, I can put I can put it in the show notes. Okay. The dates are August 9th through 12th. 9th through 12th. And um, so what it is is it's a very small event. Like it's 75 people. Uh, we always sell out until the, the end of this month. We're in May right now. It's, it's still $100 cheaper and it will go up. But it's it's a really awesome event because it's not a conference. It's a workshop. You're going to get a little bit of stuff during the day, and the rest of the day you're in these suites and you're working on your processes, and you have like five or six people from Lead Simple there. You have a lot of other vendors there, and you're like you're getting to work with other people, and you get to like learn how they're doing things. We're going to have um, multiple remote employees that are from multiple companies there, telling how they use their processes, how their processes help them, and you're going to learn if you have remote employees how you can use them better. So um, there's what an just, awesome there's opportunity! A lot of really cool things. So I would highly recommend you go to pmsystemsconference.com and um, look into it. It's it's just uh, it's a really fun event. And I put I started it like I said in the beginning because I just was cheap and I wanted to get the uh, conference cheaper and then everyone loved it so we just continued doing it twice a year. I love that. And I also wanted to ask you before we close up, what is a good book, a good business book that you've enjoyed lately? Good business book that I've enjoyed lately. Uh, 
My favorite one, and I brain can't remember. It's the Navy SEAL one. Um, oh, um, the own the outcome one, the, the one uh, where ownership, it, yeah, extreme, ownership. extreme ownership. Yeah, that is my favorite. By Jen- Jenko, what is it? I don't know, but if you listen to on tape, they are the guys who talk. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like so. I listen to all my books, and I just like that book because it really. I like that book because it made my mindset change from oh, it's my employee's fault to everything is my fault. I totally thought of that book as you were talking because you were absolutely taking full responsibility for their mistakes and oh it must be the systems so yes you are living the extreme ownership business lifestyle if you haven't read it it really talks about navy seals and that and it goes from wartime to business practices i love that book so that's the book giveaway this week folks so so if um, you leave a comment either in the description of the youtube page or in our uh, bootstrapper show instagram uh, link in the bio you could win extreme ownership and i'll have the link to the book uh, in the end of the show notes thank you so much paul for being on the show i really appreciate it that's a wrap we'll see you next week on bootstrappers this has been bootstrappers a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website, anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers. <laughs>